Act Two of Lulu One, Earth Spirit, by Frank Wiedekind, translated by Samuel Atkins Elliott Jr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, A Very Ornamental Parlor, Entrance Door Rear Left, Curtained Entrances Right and Left. Steps leading up to the right one. On the back wall over the fireplace, Lulu's picture as Pierrot in a magnificent frame. Right, a tall mirror, a couch in front of it. Left, an ebony writing table. Center, a few chairs around a little Chinese table. Lulu stands motionless before the mirror, in a green silk morning dress. She frowns, passes a hand over her forehead, feels her cheeks, and draws back from the mirror with a discouraged, almost angry look. Frequently turning round, she goes left, opens a casket on the writing-table, lights herself a cigarette, looks for a book among those that are lying on the table, takes one, and lies down on the couch opposite the mirror. After reading a moment she lets the book sink, and nods seriously to herself in the glass, then resumes reading. Schwartz enters left, palette and brushes in hand, and bends over Lulu, kisses her on the forehead, and goes up the steps right. Schwartz turning in the doorway. Eve? Lulu, smiling. At your orders. Seems to me you look extra charming today. Lulu with a glance at the mirror. Depends on what you expect. Your hair breathes out a morning freshness. I've just come out of the water. Schwartz approaching her. I have an awful lot to do today. That's what you say to yourself. Schwartz lays his palette and brushes down on the carpet and sits on the edge of the couch. What are you reading? Lulu reads suddenly she heard an anchor of refuge come nodding up the stairs who under the sun writes so absorbingly lulu reading it was the postman with a money order henrietta the servant comes in upper left with a hat-box on her arm and a little tray of letters which she puts on the table the mail i'm going to take your hat to the milliner madam anything else no schwartz signs to her to go out which she does slyly smiling what was it you dreamt, all last night? You've asked me that twice already today. Schwartz rises, takes up the letters. I tremble for news. Every day I fear the world may go to pieces. Giving Lulu a letter. For you. Lulu sniffs at the paper. Madame Corticelli. Hides it in her bosom. Schwartz skimming a letter. My Samaquessa dancer sold. For fifty thousand marks. Who says that? Sadelmeyer in Paris. That's the third picture since our marriage. I hardly know how to save myself from my luck. Lulu pointing to the letters. There are more there. Schwartz opening an engagement announcement. See. Gives it to Lulu. Lulu reads. Sir Henry von Zarnikow has the honor to announce the engagement of his daughter, Charlotte Marie Adelaide, to Dr. Ludwig Schoen. Schwartz as he opens another letter. At last. He's been an eternal while evading a public engagement. I can't understand it. A man of his standing and influence. What can be in the way of his marriage? What is that that you're reading? An invitation to take part in the international exhibition at St. Petersburg. I have no idea what to paint for it. Some entrancing girl or other, of course. Will you be willing to pose for it? God knows there are other pretty girls enough in existence. But with any other model, though she be as racy as hell, I can't get such a full display 
of my powers. Then I must, I suppose. Wouldn't it go as well lying down? Really? I'd liefest have your taste arrange it for me. Folding up the letters. Don't let's forget to congratulate Shun today, anyway. Goes left and shuts the letters in the writing table. But we did that a long time ago. For his bride's sake. You can write to him again if you want. And now to work. Takes up his brushes and palette, kisses Lulu, goes up the steps right, and turns around in the doorway. Eve? Lulu lets her book sink, smiling. Your pleasure? Schwartz, approaching her. I feel every day as if I were seeing you for the very first time. You're a terror. The fault is yours. He sinks on his knees by the couch and caresses her hand. Lulu, stroking his hair. You're wasting me. You are mine. But you are never more ensnaring than when you ought, for God's sake to be just once real ugly for a couple of hours. Since I've had you, I have had nothing more. I'm entirely lost to myself. Not so excited. Bell rings in the corridor. Schwartz pulling himself together. Confound it. No one at home. Perhaps it's the art dealer. And if it's the Chinese emperor? One moment. Exit. Thou? Thou? Closes her eyes. Schwartz coming back. A beggar who says he was in the war. I have no small change on me. Taking up his palette and brushes. It's high time, too, that I should finally go to work. Goes out, right. Lulu touches herself up before the glass, strokes back her hair, and goes out, returning, leading in, she goes. I thought he was more of a swell. A little more glory to him. He's sort of embarrassed. He quaked a little in the knees when he saw me in front of him. Lulu shoving a chair round for him. How can you beg from him, too? That's why I've dragged my seventy-seven summers just here. You told me he kept at his painting in the mornings. He hadn't quite got awake yet. How much do you need? Two hundred, if you have that much handy. Personally, I'd like three hundred. Some of my clients have evaporated. Lulu goes to the writing table and rummages in the drawer. Phew, I'm tired. Shigoch, looking round him. That's just what brought me, too. I've been wanting a long time to see how things were looking now with you. Well? It just sweeps over you. Like with me fifty years ago. Instead of the loafing chairs, we still had rusty old sabres then. Devil, but you brought it pretty far. Carpets! Lulu giving him two bells. I like best to walk on them barefooted. She goes, scanning Lulu's portrait. Is that you? Lulu, winking. Pretty fine. If all that's genuine. Have something sweet. What? Lulu, getting up. Elixir de spa. Well, that doesn't help me. Does he drink? Lulu, taking a decanter and glasses from a cupboard near the fireplace. Not yet. Coming down stage. The cordial has such various effects. He comes to blows. He goes to sleep. She fills the two glasses. When he's drunk, you can see right into his insides. I'd rather not. Sits opposite Shigoch. Tell me about it. Ah, oh, the streets keep on getting longer, and my legs shorter. And your harmonica? Has bad air, like me with my asthma. 
i just keep a thinking it isn't worth the trouble to make it better they clink glasses lulu emptying her glass i thought you'd come to an end a long time ago to an end already up and away i thought so too but no matter how early the sun goes down we still aren't let lie quiet i'm hoping for winter perhaps then my <coughs> my asthma will invent some opportunity to carry me off lulu filling the glasses do you think they could have forgotten you on the other side that would be possible for it certainly isn't going like it usually does stroking her knee now you tell not seen you in a long time my little lulu lulu jerking back smiling life is beyond me what do you know about it you're still so young that you call me lulu lulu isn't it have i ever called you anything else in the memory of man my name has no longer been lulu another way of naming lulu sounds to me quite antediluvian children children my name now is as if the principle wasn't always the same you mean what is it now eve leapt opt skipped jumped i'm listening shegoch gazing round oh, this is the way i dreamt of it for you you've aimed straight for it seeing lulu sprinkling herself with perfume what's that heliotrope does that smell better than you lulu sprinkling him that needn't bother you any more who would have dreamt of this royal luxury before when i think back ugh shegoch stroking her knee how's it going with you then you still keep at the french i lie and sleep oh that's genteel that's always looked like something and afterwards i stretch till it cracks and when it has cracked what do you mind about that what do i mind about that what do i mind i'd rather live till the last trump and renounce all heavenly joys than leave my lulu deprived of anything down here behind me what do i mind about it it's my sympathy to be sure my better self is already transfigured i still have some sense for this world i haven't you're too well off idiot better than with the old dancing bear i don't dance any more for him it was time too now i am speak how it is with you child i believed in you when there was no more to be seen in you than your two big eyes what are you now a beast that you and what kind of a beast a fine beast an elegant beast a glorified beast then i'll let them bury me though we're through with prejudices even the one against the corpse washer you needn't be afraid that you will be washed once more it doesn't matter either one gets dirty again lulu sprinkling him it would call you back to life again we are mud i beg your pardon 
I rub grease into myself every day, and then powder on top of it. Probably worthwhile, too, on the dressed-up muckers account. It makes the skin like satin. As if it weren't just dirt all the same. Thank you. I wish to be worth biting at. We are. Give a big dinner down below there pretty soon. Keep open house. Your guests will hardly overeat themselves at it. Patience, girl. Your worshippers won't put you in alcohol either. It's shernamelusin, as long as it keeps buoyant. Afterwards, they don't take it at the zoological garden. Rising. The gentle beasties might get stomach cramps. Lulu, getting up. Have you enough? There's still enough left over to plant a juniper on my grave. I'll find my own way out. Exit. Lulu follows him and presently returns with Dr. Shun. What's your father doing here? What's the matter? If I were your husband, that man would never come over my threshold. You can speak intimately. He's not here. Referring to Schwartz. Thank you. I'd rather not. I don't understand. I know that. Offering her a seat. I should like to speak with you just on that subject. Lulu sitting down uncertainly. Why didn't you tell me so yesterday, then? Please, nothing now about yesterday. I did tell you two years ago. Oh, yes. Hmm. Please be kind enough to cease your visits to my house. May I offer you an elixir? Thanks. No elixir. Have you understood me? Lulu shakes her head. Good. You have the choice. You force me to the most extreme measures. Either act in accordance with your station. Or? Or you compel me. I should have to turn to that person who is responsible for your behaviour. What makes you imagine that? I shall request your husband himself to watch over your ways. Lulu rises, goes up the steps right. Where are you going? Lulu calls through the curtains. Walter? Shun, springing up. Are you mad? Lulu, turning round. Aha! I have made the most superhuman efforts to raise you in society. You can be ten times as proud of your name as of your intimacy with me. Lulu comes down the steps and puts her arm around Shun's neck. Why are you still afraid, now that you are at the zenith of your hopes? No comedy. The zenith of my hopes? I am at last engaged. I have now the hope of bringing my bride into a clean house. Lulu, sitting. She has developed delightfully in the two years. She no longer looks through one so earnestly. She is now, for the first time, a woman. We can meet each other wherever it seems suitable to you. We shall meet each other nowhere but in the presence of your husband. You don't believe yourself what you say. Then he must believe it. Go on and call him. Through his marriage to you, through all that I've done for him, he has become my friend. Lulu, rising. Mine too. Then I'll cut down the sword over my head. You have indeed chained me up. But I owe my happiness to you. You will get friends by the crowd as soon as you have a pretty young wife again. You judge women by yourself. He's got the sense of a child, or he would have tracked out your doublings and windings long ago. I only wish he would. Then at last he'd get out of his swaddling clothes. He puts his trust in the marriage contract he has in his pocket. Trouble is past and gone. 
one can now give oneself and let oneself go as if one were at home that isn't the sense of a child it's banal he has no education he sees nothing he sees neither me nor himself he is blind 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 shun half to himself when his eyes open open his eyes for him i'm going to ruin i'm neglecting myself he doesn't know me at all what am i to him he calls me darling and little devil he would say the same to any piano teacher he makes no pretensions everything is all right to him that comes from his never in his life having felt the need of intercourse with women if that's true he admits it perfectly openly a man who has painted them rags and tags and velvet gowns since he was fourteen women make him anxious he trembles for his health and comfort but he isn't afraid of me how many girls would deem themselves god knows how blessed in your situation seduce him corrupt him you know how take him into bad company you know the people i am nothing to him but a woman just woman he makes me feel so ridiculous he will be prouder of me he doesn't know any differences i'm thinking my head off day and night how to shake him up in my despair i dance the can-can he yawns and drivels something about obscenity nonsense he is an artist though at least he believes he is that's the chief thing when i pose for him he believes too that he's a famous man we have made him one he believes everything he's as mistrustful as a thief and lets himself be lied to till one loses all respect when we first knew each other i informed him i had never yet loved shun falls into an easy chair otherwise he would really have taken me for a fallen woman you make god knows what exorbitant demands on legitimate relations i make no exorbitant demands often i even dream still of gull he was at any rate not banal he is there as if he had never been away only he walks as though in his socks he isn't angry with me he's awfully sad and then he is fearful as though he were there without the permission of the police otherwise he feels at ease with us only he can't quite get over my having thrown away so much money since you yearn for the whip once more maybe i don't dance any more teach him to do it a waste of trouble out of a hundred women ninety educate their husbands to suit themselves he loves me that's fatal of course he loves me that is an unbridgeable abyss he doesn't know me but he loves me if he had anything like a correct idea of me he'd tie a stone around my neck and sink me in the sea where it's deepest let's finish this he gets up as you say i've married you off twice i've married you off you live in luxury i have created a position for your husband if that doesn't satisfy you and he laughs in his sleeve at it i don't pretend to meet ideal claims but leave me out of the game out of it if i belong to any person on this earth i belong to you without you i'd be i won't say where you took me by the hand gave me food to eat had me dressed when i was going to steal your watch do you think that can be forgotten anybody else would have called the police you sent me to school and had me learn manners 
who but you in the whole world has ever thought anything of me i've danced and posed and was glad to be able to earn my living that way but love at command i can't leave me out do what you will i'm not coming to make scandal i'm coming to shake the scandal from my neck my engagement is costing me sacrifices enough i had imagined that with a healthy young man than whom a woman of your years can wish herself no better you would at last have been contented if you are under obligations to me don't throw yourself a third time in my way am i to wait yet longer before putting my pile in security am i to risk the whole success of my patents falling into the water again after two years what good is it to me to be your married man when you can be seen going in and out of my house at every hour of the day why the devil didn't dr gold stay alive just one year more with him you were in safe keeping then i'd have had my wife long since under my roof and what would you have had then the kid gets on your nerves the child is too uncorrupted for you she's been much too carefully brought up what should i have against your marriage but you are deceived about yourself if you think that on account of your impending marriage you may express your contempt to me contempt i shall soon give the child the right idea if anything is contemptible it's your intrigues am i jealous of the child that never once entered my head then why talk about the child the child is not even a whole year younger than you are leave me my freedom to live what life i still have no matter how the child's been brought up she's got her five senses just like you schwarz appears right brush in hand what's the matter here lulu to shun well go on talk what's the matter with you two nothing that touches you quiet he's had enough of me schwarz leads her off to the right shun turning over the leaves in one of the books on the table it had to come out i must have my hands free at last schwarz coming back is that a way to jest shun pointing to a chair please what is it please schwarz seating himself well shun seating himself you have married half a million is it gone not a penny explain to me the peculiar scene you have married half a million no one can make a crime of that you have created a name for yourself you can work unmolested you need to deny yourself no wish what have you two got against me for six months you've been revelling in all the heavens you have a wife whom the world envies you and she deserves a man whom she can respect doesn't she respect me no i come from the dark depths of society she is above me i cherish no more ardent wish than to become her equal offers shun his hand thank you shun pressing it half embarrassed don't mention it speak keep a little more watch on her i on her we are not children we don't trifle she demands that she be taken seriously her value gives her a perfect right to be what does she do then you have married half a million schwarz rises beside himself she shun takes him by the shoulder no that's not the way forces him to sit we must speak with each other very seriously here what does she do 
First, count on your fingers what you have to thank her for, and then... What does she do, man? And then make yourself responsible for your faults, and no one else. With whom? With whom? If we should shoot each other... Since when, then? I don't come here to make scandal. I come to save you from the scandal. You have misunderstood her. That will not do for me. I can't see you go on living in blindness. The girl deserves to be a respectable woman. Since I have known her, she has improved as she developed. Since you have known her? Since when have you known her, then? Since about her twelfth year. She told me nothing about that. She sold flowers in front of the Alhambra Café. Every evening between twelve and two she pressed in among the guests, barefooted. She told me nothing of that. She did right there. I am telling you, so you may see that you have not to do with moral degeneracy. The girl is, on the contrary, of extraordinarily good disposition. She said she had grown up with an aunt. That was a woman I gave her to. She was her best pupil. The mothers used to make her an example to their children. She has the feeling for duty. It is simply and solely your mistake if you have till now neglected to take her on her best sides. God! <laughs> no, O oh God! Nothing of the happiness you have cost can be changed. Done is done. You overrate yourself against your better knowledge if you persuade yourself you will lose. You stand to gain. But with, O oh God, nothing is gained. A greater friendliness I have not yet shown you. I speak plainly and offer you my help. Don't show yourself unworthy of it. <laughs> when I first knew her, she told me she had never loved. When a widow says that, it does her credit that she chose you for a husband. Make the same claims on yourself, and your happiness is without a blot. She says he made her wear short dresses. But he married her. That was her masterstroke. How she brought the man to it is beyond me. You really must know it now. You are enjoying the fruits of her diplomacy. How did she get to know Dr. Gold, then? Through me. It was after my wife's death, when I was making the first advances to my present fiancée. She stuck herself in between. She had fixed her mind on becoming my wife. And then, when her husband died? You married half a million. Oh, to have stayed where I was! To have died of hunger! Do you think, then, that I make no compromises? Who is there that does not compromise? You have married half a million. You are to-day one of the foremost artists. That can't be done without money. You are not the man to sit in judgment on her. You can't possibly treat an origin like Mignon's, according to the notions of bourgeois society. Who are you speaking of? Of her father. You're an artist, I say. Your ideals are on a different plane from those of a wage-worker. I don't understand a word of all that. I am speaking of the inhuman conditions out of which, thanks to her good management, the girl has developed into what she is. Who? Who? Your wife. Eve? I called her Mignon. I thought her name was Nellie. Dr. Gold called her so. I called her Eve. What her real name is, I don't know. Perhaps she knows. With a father like hers, she is, with all her faults, a miracle. 
I don't understand you. He died in a madhouse? He was here just now. Who was here? Her father. Here? In my house? He squeezed by me as I came in. And there are two glasses still. She says he died in the madhouse. Let her feel she's in authority. She craves nothing but the compulsion to unconditional obedience. With Dr. Gold she was in heaven, and with him there was no joking. Schwartz, shaking his head. She said she had never even loved. But you, make a beginning with yourself. Pull yourself together. She has sworn. You can't demand a sense of duty in her before you know your own task. By her mother's grave. She never knew her mother, let alone the grave. Her mother hasn't got a grave. I don't fit in society. What's the matter? Pain. Horrible pain. Shun gets up, steps back, after a pause. Guard her for yourself. She's yours. The moment is decisive. Tomorrow she may be lost to you. Schwartz, pointing to his breast. Here. Here. You have married half. She is lost to you if you let this moment slip. If I could weep. Oh, if I could cry out. Shun, with a hand on his shoulder. You're suffering. Schwartz, getting up, apparently quiet. You are right. Quite right. Shun, gripping his hand. Where are you going? To speak with her. Right. Accompanies him to the door, left, coming back. Oh, that was tough work. After a pause, looking right. He has taken her into the studio before, though. A fearful groan left. He hurries to the door and finds it locked. Open. Open the door. Lulu, stepping through the hangings, right. What's— Open it. Lulu comes down the steps. That is horrible. Have you an axe in the kitchen? He'll open it right off. I can't kick it down. When he's had his cry out. Shun, kicking the door. Open. To Lulu. Bring me an axe. Send for the doctor. You are not yourself. It serves you right. Bell rings in the corridor. Shun and Lulu stare at each other. Then Shun slips up stage and stands in the doorway. I mustn't let myself be seen here. Perhaps it's the art dealer. The bell rings again. But if we don't answer it... Lulu steals toward the door, but Shun holds her. Stop. It sometimes happens that one is not just at hand. He goes out on tiptoes. Lulu turns back to the locked door and listens. Shun returns with Alva. Please, be quiet. A, a revolution has broken out in Paris. Be quiet. Alva to Lulu. Oh, you're as pale as death. Shun, rattling at the door. Walter! Walter! A death-rattle heard behind the door. God pity you. Haven't you brought an axe? If there's one there. Goes slowly out, upper left. He's just keeping us in suspense. A revolution has broken out in Paris. In the editor's room, they're beating their heads against the wall. No one knows what he ought to write. The bell rings in the corridor. Shun kicking against the door. Walter! Shall I force it in? I can do that. Who is it coming now? Standing up. To enjoy life and let others be responsible for it. Lulu coming back with a kitchen axe. Henriette has come home. Shut the door behind you. Give it here. Takes the axe and pounds with it between the jam and the lock. You must hold it nearer the end. It's cracking. The lock gives. 
Arva lets the axe fall and staggers back. Pause. Lulu, to Shun, pointing to the door. After you. Shun flinches, drops back. Are you getting... dizzy? Shun wipes the sweat from his forehead and goes in. Alva, from the couch. Oh, ghastly. Lulu, stopping in the doorway, finger on lips, cries out sharply. Oh, oh! Hurries to Alva. I can't stay here. Oh, horrible. Lulu, taking his hand. Come. Where to? I can't be alone. Goes out with Alva, right. Shun comes back, a bunch of keys in his hand, which shows blood. He pulls the door to behind him, goes to the writing-table, opens it, and writes two notes. Alva, coming back, right. She's changing her clothes. She has gone? Shun rings. Henrietta comes in. You know where Dr. Bernstein lives? Of course. Doctor. Right next door. Shun, giving her one note. Take that over to him, please. In case the doctor is not at home? He is at home. Giving her the other note. And take this to police headquarters. Take a cab. Henrietta goes out. I am judged. Oh, my blood is cold. Shun, toward the left. The fool. He waked up to something, perhaps? He has been too absorbed with himself. Lulu appears on the steps right, in dustcoat and hat. Where are you going now? Out. I see it on all the walls. Where are his papers? In the desk. Shun, at the desk. Where? Lower right-hand drawer. She kneels and opens the drawer, emptying the papers on the floor. Here. There is nothing to fear. He had no secrets. Now I can just withdraw from the world. Lulu, still kneeling. Write a pamphlet about him. Call him Michelangelo. What good'll that do? Pointing left. There lies my engagement. <sighs> That's the curse of your game. Shout it through the streets. Alva, pointing to Lulu. If you had treated that girl fairly and justly when my mother died. My engagement is bleeding to death there. Lulu, getting up. I shan't stay here any longer. In an hour they'll be selling extras. I dare not go across the street. Why? What can you do to help it? That's just it. They'll stone me for it. You must get away. Travel. To leave the scandal a free field? Lulu, by the couch. Ten minutes ago he was lying here. This is the reward for all I've done for him. In one second he wrecks my whole life for me. Control yourself, please. Lulu, on the couch. There's no one but ourselves here. But our position. Shun, to Lulu. What will you say to the police? Nothing. He didn't want to remain a debtor to his destiny. He always thought of death immediately. He thought what a human being can only dream of. He has paid dearly for it. He had what we don't have. I know your reasons. I have no cause to consider you. If you try every means to prevent having any brothers and sisters, that's all the more reason why I should get more children. You've a poor knowledge of men. You get out an extra yourself. He had no moral sense. Paris, in revolution? Our editors act as though they'd been struck. Everything has stopped dead. That's got to help me over this. Now, if only the police would come. The minutes are worth more than gold. The bell rings in the corridor. 
There they are. Shun starts to the door. Lulu jumps up. Wait, you've got blood. Where? Wait, I'll wipe it. Sprinkles her handkerchief with heliotrope and wipes the blood from Shun's hand. It's your husband's blood. It leaves no trace. Monster. You will marry me, though. The bell rings in the corridor. Only have patience, children. Shun goes out and returns with Eskerich, a reporter. Oh, allow me to, to introduce myself. You've run? Eskerich, giving him his card. From police headquarters. A suicide, I understand. Shun reads. Fritz Escherich, correspondent of the News and Novelties. Come along. One moment. Takes out his notebook and pencil, looks around the parlour, writes a few words, bows to Lulu, writes, turns to the broken door, writes. A kitchen axe. Starts to lift it. Shun, holding him back. Excuse me. Eskerich, writing. Door broken open with a kitchen axe. Examines the lock. Shun, his hand on the door. Look before you, my dear sir. Now, if you will have the kindness to open the door. Shun opens it. Eskerich lets book and pencil fall, clutches at his hair. Merciful heaven! God! Look it all over carefully. I can't look at it. <laughs> then what did you come here for? To, to cut up, to cut up his throat with a razor. Have you seen it all? That must feel. Shun draws the door to, steps to the writing table. Sit down. Here is paper and pen. Write. Eskerich, mechanically taking his seat. I can't write. Shun, behind his chair. Write. Persecution mania. Eskerich writes. Persecution mania. The bell rings in the corridor. Curtain. End of Act Two.